Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard in Western Suffolk on 96.9 FM. I'm Michael Mackey. With a sharp decline in federal aid, Governor Kathy Hochul proposed a $233 billion state budget yesterday that would reduce aid to some school districts and keep overall spending almost flat. The total size of her budget comes in at just $1 billion, 0.5% above the state's budget for the current fiscal year, and reflects fluctuations in two major components, a $6 billion increase, 4.5% in state operations spending, is offset by a nearly $5 billion decline in federal aid as pandemic-driven support winds down. Federal funds account for 36% of New York State's budget. Governor Hochul also proposed earmarking $2.4 billion to help localities with the influx of migrants, a $500 million boost over the current year. Michael Gormley and Yancey Roy report on Newsday.com that in a budget presentation at the state capitol, Governor Hochul said lawmakers knew the federal decline was coming. She highlighted the state's outlay and indicated she wants to tap the brakes following generous pandemic-driven increases over the last several years. We're not going to be able to replicate the historic increases of the last three years, Hochul said. She said long-term deficits loom, given the state's spending trends. Our discipline now will keep us out of a deeper hole in the future, the governor said. She referenced the state finance portion of the budget as she sought to preemptively push back against criticism. The proposed $233 billion state budget would keep overall spending flat at less than 1% growth. It would increase aid to school districts statewide by 2.7%. No new taxes. $2.4 billion earmarked to help cope with the influx of migrants. $1.5 billion in casino fees will be dedicated to helping fund downstate mass transit. Michael Gormley and Yancey Roy report on Newsday.com that Governor Hochul's new budget proposal includes a rare reduction in aid to some individual districts, including some on Long Island, as the governor proposes ending a hold-harmless policy that meant school districts could always count on receiving as much state aid as the previous year. It's a proposal that gives room for the New York State Senate and Assembly to fight for more school aid when budget negotiations begin. Boosting school aid is customarily the number one agenda item for all 213 state legislators who are up for election this fall. The budget must be passed by April 1st. The town of Riverhead is considering a zoning amendment that would greatly expand the types of businesses that could be located at Tanger outlets and properties surrounding it, including allowing general retail stores, specialty markets, restaurants, furniture showrooms, and certain indoor and outdoor recreation. Alec Lewis reports on RiverheadLocal.com that the Riverhead Town Board is scheduled to hold a hearing on the amendment this evening during its 6 p.m. meeting. The zoning amendment, made in consultation with Tanger executives, is intended to provide increased flexibility for the outlet center. The zoning would allow general retail stores, interior design and furniture showroom, and specialty grocery stores as principal uses, in addition to manufacturer's outlet stores. 
a new Southampton Town proposal to spend $4.3 million to acquire 3.8 acres of vacant land along Montauk Highway and Watermill to develop affordable housing could be voted on and approved as early as January 23rd. Joe Workmeister reports on Newsday.com that the town's potential land purchase would be funded through the new 0.5% tax on most real estate transactions that supplies money for affordable housing initiatives. It would be the first large expenditure of such funding after Southampton Town voters approved a referendum in 2022 to create the Peconic Bay Region Community Housing Fund. Proponents of the project say the development would fill a crucial need for affordable housing east of the Shinnecock Canal. The plan would be to build either rental apartments or single-family townhouses for purchase with a maximum of 36 units, according to Kara Bach, director of Southampton's Housing and Community Development Office. She said the town of Southampton generated about $5.8 million between April and November under the new housing fund. Last week, the Southampton Town Board held a public hearing on the potential land purchase from the Yule Family Trust with Councilman Tommy John Schiavone calling the proposal a really great opportunity. Rachel Verno, Watermill Citizen Advisory Council Chairwoman, whose volunteer committee is a liaison between the community and town board, said she was pleasantly surprised that residents had a positive reaction to the plan at a recent meeting of her group. Heavy rain last Tuesday caused a washout at Reeves Beach in Riverhead that damaged the structure surrounding the gazebo at the popular town beach. The beach is closed until further notice while repairs are undertaken by the town of Riverhead. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that Riverhead town engineer Drew Dillingham said last week that the engineering department is working on repairing the damage. The repair will involve shoring up the bluff with large rocks and boulders to prevent damage from another washout in the future. Rain during last week's storm overwhelmed the drainage system along Park Road. An extensive system of leaching basins and stormwater inlet grates originally installed in the 1990s to prevent the washouts and erosion at the road and beach that occurred during every major storm, according to Assistant Town Engineer Ken Testa. The Reeves Beach Gazebo, a popular gathering place to view sunsets on the Long Island Sound, is supported by 40-foot pilings and remains stable despite bluff erosion and that January 9th rainstorm. The gazebo itself is structurally sound because it's built on 40-foot pilings. The Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center will hold a community health fair this coming Saturday, January 20th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The wellness event will feature a variety of vendors tailored to the community's needs, including health pre-screenings and food distribution and information on available resources. There is no charge to attend, and the event will include a complimentary brunch. In addition to medical resources and services, there will be vendors providing information about immigration, housing, banking, English as a Second Language, and more. Alternative health practitioners offering services such as Reiki and massage will be on site at the Bridgehampton Child Care and Recreational Center this coming Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And it's free. Throughout last week's severe winter storm on the North Fork, 
Greenport's electric grid performed flawlessly, officials said. I was surprised we didn't have any outages, longtime village administrator Paul Paulus said last Thursday, two days after the first major winter storm in nearly two years swept through the region. You always expect something to break, he said, no matter how good your system is, unless it's completely underground, which ours isn't. Ours is 99% above ground. I was very pleased with the results. The system was generally designed well, but it was old, said Palace of the power grid that dates back to the 1880s. And that was really the key. It just needed to be updated, he said. Chris Franciscani in the Suffolk Times reports that the update that Mr. Palace was referring to was the recently completed $5 million multi-year project to upgrade and fortify Greenport Village's electric grid. The project upgraded utility poles and added heavy-duty wiring to minimize damage and power outages during intense storms and built two solar batteries at the 3rd Street Firehouse and at the wastewater treatment plant. Solar power charges the batteries, which supply energy to the Moores Lane power plant in case of an outage. Greenport's grid delivers electric service to residents and businesses, as well as to some areas outside the village boundaries. For decades, Greenport has been buying wholesale electricity through a long-term contract with the New York Power Authority. The electricity is delivered to the village's grid through a circuit from a nearby Long Island Power Authority substation. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.